Hello everyone, my name is Maria and I welcome you to the PA Playbook Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. This platform is designed to bridge the gap between where you are and where you want to be along your physician assistant journey. Whether you are seeking to become a PA, a current PA student, or already a certified PA, may this podcast inspire you and encourage you. Don't forget to check out my website at pachronicles.com for mentorship, blogs, and invaluable resources. Enjoy. Welcome to today's episode. This is episode nine. I am so thankful for all those that have been tuning in, for those that have reached out via email to me at thepachronicles at gmail.com and those that have been following my Instagram, the underscore PA underscore chronicles. There is so much information out there. I encourage you all to use the resources at your disposal. And I want to remind everyone that the CASPA application cycle for this year opens in eight days. That's right, eight days, April 28th, 2022. That is a time for you to really gather everything, prepare for that day, and then some depending on your timeline and start to really refine all of your information, your personal statement, your CASPA application, um, you know, making sure all your transcripts are in, your letters of recommendation. There's a lot to it. And I can understand it's very overwhelming, overwhelming personally in terms of, you know, just mental health, emotional status and financially as well, considering the prices of application. But I am very, very grateful for those that have reached out to utilize the many services that I offer, especially the CASPA application revision service where I go step-by-step over Zoom and look over your entire application a day before on my own and then again with you right there live, getting feedback, making sure everything's in the right place, ways to enhance your application so that you can land your interview. So without further ado, today's episode, we're going to be talking about celebrity crushes. And I'm not talking about the typical celebrity crushes you think of when it comes to pop culture. I'm talking about when you apply to PA schools and make sure all the schools that are on your list are schools that you align with, not because you felt like your aunt went to Yale and that's why you're applying, or you heard that Duke at one point had been the number one PA school in the country and so forth. I really want to make sure that whatever number of schools you apply to or plan to, whether you're a first-time applicant or a fourth-time applicant, that you stay encouraged, but it's definitely a list of schools that you see yourself going to for a multitude of reasons, not just because of the name of the school or what you heard of your best friend going to and she had this type of experience or he had this type of experience. I really want you guys to look at the list of schools, whether it's 14 schools or three schools, Just make sure that you truly took the time to do your research on each program. I've had students come to me and and their first cycle, they applied to 12 schools. And that was a lot of money, of course, and everyone is financially different in their circumstance. But they noticed that they were really doing more of a lottery game where they were just applying to 12 schools and just hoping to get an interview, just hoping to get in. And some of them didn't even get in at all. Um, and, and retrospectively, they notice like, oh, I could have really revised my essay a little bit more. I could have done a few more patient care hours and so forth. 
Whereas I had other students tell me that they applied to three schools and they were able to truly showcase who they were to those schools and other students said they applied to eight schools and that seems to be the average. So everyone is different, but I do agree with the thought of making sure you can truly sell yourself on paper to the schools that you are desiring to be a part of because it can really be transparent when you land an interview and you're speaking to the school that you want to go to that they can tell if you're really invested or not and it's so funny because i just read an article not too long ago talking about the 28 easiest pa schools to get into and i want to make sure you guys know that if it were easy then everyone would be doing it and that's not the case i don't want you to get in the headspace of Hey, I heard that University of New England PA school is really easy to get into, just as Thomas Jefferson, just as Utah. I, I want to make sure you guys are keeping things in mind. So a couple things to look for in a PA school is their tuition. You know, like that's a big investment for anyone. So really looking at their tuition, looking at their success rates, especially on the board exam. It's one thing to get into PA school, make it through graduate and then sit for the boards and that board exam truly is the reason whether or not you're going to see your first patient that's what dictates whether or not you're going to be a practicing pa and becoming certified so looking at pants success rate is very important even early on especially when you're starting to apply for schools another thing to look at is are those schools that you're applying to accepting GREs or not? Is there a mix of schools that are or not? And depending on your performance of the GRE or if you even plan on taking it, that that's all dependent on you. But I have found that if you make a decision of not applying to any PA schools that accept the GREs, then that doesn't mean that it narrows your chances. It just means that you chose to not take the GRE and rather apply to schools that truly align with your vision and you can sell yourself to those schools of choice. If you did choose to apply to programs that do accept the GRE, then the best score is to really be above 300 in, in almost all the sections and have a writing score that's above a four, ideally. However, most schools these days are actually stemming away from the GRE and going more towards possibly inheriting the PACAT exam, which is almost trying to be very equivalent to the MCAT for medical schooling because it really does focus on medical school topics opposed to the GRE, which is a lot more of a general exam that all graduate programs most often are not asked from their applicants, no matter if it's a health science graduate program. And some schools are also now adopting what's called CASPER, which is more of an emotional intelligence type of an exam that you can take and pay for and submit to those schools that require it. And, and another thing to also consider is really location of the school, what kind of clinical rotations that you get to go on within the program. Every PA program needs to go through an accreditation pro process. Most PA programs are accredited. Some are going through it right now. But every PA school does require seven clinical rotations for their students to go through. And that includes emergency medicine, family medicine, psychology, 
general surgery, internal medicine, OBGYN or women's health falls into that as well. And you can do orthopedics for an elective, you can do neurosurgery, you can do trauma, um, you can do a multitude of things. But it's the basic seven that are required. And you want to know, like, how far will you have to travel? These are all questions to ask either the graduate admissions counselor before you even start applying to that program, or just thinking ahead of where you would like to gain a lot of your clinical experience. And some of those clinical experiences that you will gain once you are a PA student and going through your clinical year, those clinical sites may be your future career sites as well. So always think of that. Additionally, consider if a PA school has a cadaver lab. Some schools have cadaver labs while other schools offer an anatomage, which is really, think of it like an iPad computer system. And it's a long touchscreen type of board and you can work in a three-dimensional way and, and have a lot of modules be done through that type of system and platform. And that's all very dependent on who you were. I knew when I was in PA school, and even before I got into PA school, I knew I wanted to go to a program that offered a cadaver lab. There was something about it where I was like really excited to be able to learn hands-on, use the instruments, cut into the body, truly have that tactile feeling. Because now I'm actually in a surgical field, I'm in neurosurgery, so I'm able to really remember a lot of the cranial head and neck exams that I did in my cadaver labs in the summer and just like what that felt like cutting into the body, looking at the spine, looking at the muscles and the anatomic structure. And that helped when I had the background in pathophysiology in PA school, it just put everything together. And so that was a big selling point for me. I just also looked at really the faculty, like what kind of faculty members were at that program? What do they do on a, a typical basis? Are they PAs themselves? Are they medical doctors? And, and what have you? And how do they prepare their students to get through the PA education? I also looked at what kind of courses are required in what's called the didactic year, which is the academic year that all PA students go through. Some PA programs kind of mix their didactic year with their clinical year, and some keep it very separate. And others, like three-year programs such as Rutgers University, actually your first year is typically redoing a lot of the prerequisite courses that you had needed to complete before you applied to PA school. And now they're really just refining and digging a little bit deeper in those biology courses, in microbiology, in chemistry. And then that following year, that's when you really dive into more of your didactic classes of PA school traditionally, where it's anatomy and physiology, it's pathophysiology, it's pharmacology, one and two, um, medical ethics, patient education, so forth. And so that's something to always consider and keep in the back of your head. So there's a lot. There's a lot to think of. And I don't want this to be even more stressful, but I do want you to know that the more you know about the program that is on your list, the better chances you get to truly put that on your application, to showcase yourself, 
to be specific in your CASPA experience sections, if you're a medical assistant, if you're a phlebotomist or a PT aide, try to really showcase that forward thinking of understanding, hey, when I was a softball coach for this age group, I really learned how to break things down in a simple way because of the population I was dealing with. And I know that when I'm in my pediatrics rotation, which is one of the seven rotations that is required across all PA programs to have their students complete, I know once I'm in that pediatric rotation, I can take a lot of what I had to do as a softball coach and the experience I had when I'm trying to express a treatment plan to a nine-year-old child and their parents. So that's how you wanna showcase that experience section. And I personally work with students to really help revamp their experience sections or find ways that they could just really enhance it. Even just a little bit goes a long way. And some of, some of you have really strong experience sections already. So that's also another really key point. And I want you all to truly envision going to PA school. Envision it every day. Visualization is super important. A lot of athletes have done it and everyday people as well. I know infamously Michael Phelps back in the Beijing Olympics when he was competing and winning all those gold medals, there was a race in particular. It was one of his final races in Beijing at the time in which he had dove into the pool and his goggles actually shifted off his face and all this water just kept flooding into his goggles as he's about to get his gold medal. And he actually ended up winning in just milliseconds of that race. And when the reporter asked him, hey, like what was going through your head, knowing that as soon as you dove in the pool, you already had your goggles falling off and water flooding in and this was an important race and you've already had a tremendous run in this Olympics and now you're about to win your eighth gold medal. What, what was going through your head at the time? And he responded to the reporter so well. He said, oh, that's already happened before. And she was really taken back because she's like, wait, how? And he's like, oh, I've already envisioned the worst happening. I already envisioned all these obstacles that I was supposed to really overcome. I've envisioned all the setbacks and even the celebrations that I would have. I would envision winning these races. I would envision the worst possible case scenarios as well. And so when that happened physically in my body, as I'm diving into the pool, I was not alarmed. I was not really taken back. I visualized all this happening without even really practicing and going in the pool and practicing that kind of error it already happened in my mind and that's why i was able to overcome so that's my big takeaway for you guys is to make sure the schools that are on your list are schools that you can truly align with when you go on their website you read their mission statement you speak with other people that have gone to that program themselves you can always reach someone that has been an alum in some way or you, you've really looked at what they offer as a program and to see, okay, this is the type of provider I want to be. When I was at my PA program, I knew before getting into that particular program, I was like, wow, they really care about holistic 
medicine. They care about the holistic approach when they're interviewing us. They're very much on a humanistic level. And that's the type of provider I wanted to become. And I knew if I were to go to that program, I would have the necessary help and support that I would need in order to be a very much uh, holistic, humanistic provider with evidence-based medicine, with the knowledge and competency of a future PA. And so again, I encourage you guys to really run the race, but run it strategically. If you all need help with something, please email me. I'll put it in the footnotes for you guys to know how to contact me. If you need to utilize services, it is the biggest investment you can make. I'd hate for all of you guys to apply and, and, and really utilize all that money for all these applications when you don't really feel ready. And some of you might feel ready because you've gone through the cycle a couple times and that's a good thing because you've learned. But for those that are your first time, I'd love to help you out so that I can do the homework for you and I can guide you throughout this whole process because it is important. And it is important to be ready so you don't have to get ready. It's important to have preparation, important to have visualization because that's what's going to make the difference. And without further ado, my next episode is going to really talk about the difference between being a fan of the game and a student of the game. So I look forward to having you guys really learn from this episode in your own time, in your own way, or reach out for any help you may need. Again, there's so many resources out there. I want you to take advantage of each one. And you're going to look back and you're going to be in my position And you're going to be like, wow, I made it through the toughest program. I'm now a PA and I realize all these steps that I had to take and all the rewards I'm reaping right now because of them. So with everything being said, please take all the resources you have. Make sure you took some great notes. If you have any questions, reach out, of course. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great day and be on the lookout for future episodes as I'm really on this journey with you every step of the way. Take care.